This is Yeah, That Soccer Show. Your one-stop shop for all your soccer coverage in Greenville and the upstate. We want this show to be driven by you. So make sure you send us an email at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in, everybody, to episode number 63 of Yeah, That Soccer Show. Excited to be back with you at the quarter pole here of the Greenville Triumph 2020 season, year number two. And boy, do we have a lot to cover. Uh, We did the preview leading up to the first match against Fort Lauderdale. I went on vacation. I've been in a job transition since then. So things have gotten a little bit uh, sticky in terms of staying on top of everything. But I promise you, we are back at it full bore now and ready to look ahead to this weekend's match to kick off the second quarter of the 2020 season. And hopefully more of the same. And we will get into that here in just a minute. Wanted to give just a quick word and quick plug to go check out gvlsoccer.com. If you haven't been, I have been staying up to date there doing match previews. Uh, So that is the place you can go and get all the info you want to as we move toward game day each and every week. Now let's get into today's show. We're going to talk about the first four matches of the season. We're going to talk about the Triumph opening Legacy Early College Stadium to the public and the protocols they have put in place to make that a safe experience for everyone. And then we will preview this weekend's match against the Chattanooga Red Wolves. All of that coming up over the next little bit for you here. So before we can look ahead, let's look back at the first four matches of the season. Uh, Started out on the road down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida against uh, Fort Lauderdale Club de Football. Uh, the Greenville Triumph going in, and for the second year in a row, Alex Morell scoring the opening match of the USL League One season. Now, last year he scored that against Greenville. This year he scored it for Greenville against Fort Lauderdale uh, right before halftime, right at the death. And then uh, coming right out of the half, Jake Keegan notches another goal for a co- pretty comfortable 2 0 victory there for the Triumph. Fort Lauderdale really impressed me in that match and have continued to impress me. Uh, over their next several matches they've played. I think they're going to be a a tough team. Um, I think we see them again next week, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in Greenville, and fans will get to go watch that match. They're going to be a tough team. And I tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised if the next time we see them, uh, it's going to be a little harder to get that W. So glad we were able to get that on the road to kick off the season the right way. Uh, From there, traveled back home to take on the Richmond Kickers in a – Score fest, a crazy, crazy matchup for any of you that watched it. Uh, initially, two own goals went back and, and only turned out to be one own goal. Greenville wins that one three to two. Jake Keegan with a goal in the 21st minute. That was the original own goal that was uh, corrected because uh, our guy Blake Schultz there with the photo evidence getting that uh, getting that goal changed because and rightfully so. I mean Keegan uh, Keegan scored that goal. And you always want to give a guy credit when when he is outscoring goals, especially someone like Jake, who is going to be in the thick of the Golden Boot race all year, all season, and so and was last year before he got hurt. And honestly, even getting hurt, he still finished, I think, in the in the top three or four, just a few back from the ultimate Golden Boot uh, total 
last season. So I think he's a guy that's a that's a, a favorite this year to win it. Although we're we're about to play a guy who's going to give him a run for his money. Um, but you want to see Keegan get get credit for that goal, rightfully so. So he gets that in the twenty first minute. Then coming right out of half, uh, I don't know what happened at halftime, but uh, Coach Harks obviously saw something he knew he could exploit. He sends Omar just bolting forward with the ball and I think if uh I think if Ian Antley doesn't get that try to clear it and put it in his own goal uh Omar's gonna get that goal so that was a a well-deserved goal as well and then of course Jake Keegan putting the finishing touches there and getting the victory for Greenville uh in the 69th minute and honestly Brandon Fricky gets a red card right here towards the end to keep the 3-2 victory Probably the best red card you're ever going to get. Normally, I'm not going to be happy with a red card, uh, but that one I'll take because otherwise this match goes from a three-point victory to a one-point draw, and uh, I think Fricky did the right thing there. He he did what he had to do. Yeah, he had to set out a match, but it didn't ultimately uh, it ultimately didn't make that much of a difference for the triumph. Uh, then the Greenville Triumph traveled to Madison to play perhaps the wackiest and most headache-inducing game I've ever watched in my life. Ugly pitch, crazy psychedelic kits, trains, free kick inside the box because of a illegal touching by the Madison keeper, a shot going off the crossbar of the field goal post. That game had everything except for goals. Um, I think uh, you know it, it was uh, it was not the prettiest of matches, but it it's a one-one draw or a, a nil-nil draw on the road against Madison early in the season. Uh, I think you take that. I think you don't. Uh, again, I I thought a nil-nil draw against a good team like Madison was going to be a good result. Madison has turned out to not be as as great as I had thought they were going to be. So maybe it's not as good of a of a draw as you want. But I think anytime you can draw on a road in a tough environment like that. Uh, you'll always take that. That's not a big deal. And then 10 days ago uh, from this weekend's match, Greenville host Tormenta at home. Big rivalry matchup. Gritty, gritty match. These two teams are are shot for shot, very even. Ultimately, it's J.J. Donnelly at the death uh, scoring a goal. His first in triumph in his triumph career against his old organization. You always love to see that. So J.J. Donnelly with the big Winning goal there, and that gets us through the first quarter of the season. Currently, Greenville sits at 10 points out of a possible 12 through four matches. They're at the top of the table, and I tell you what, it's a it's a good it's a good place to be for the triumph. If if you watch this team early last season, you know it took a long time for them to kind of get up to speed. We were not at the top of the table by any stretch of imagination. Honestly, right down to the very, very end when we were able to squeak through into the playoffs. But uh, for most of the season last year, it was it was not looking great for Greenville. You know, we hovered mid-table, kind of, I would say, mid-low to mid-high table. It's right there in the middle most of the season, ultimately eking into the playoffs there. Uh, but right now, 10 points, a uh, goal differential of four, three wins, one draw, no losses through four games. Um, Union Omaha is right behind us with seven points. With three matches, they are playing the Red Wolves on Wednesday. So they could, with a win, potentially tie Greenville on points. They would have to get a plus-two goal differential to 
uh, be up there equal with Greenville in that respect. But uh, looking pretty good right now because then you've got uh, then you got a gaggle of folks at five. You've got uh, the Red Wolves at five points through three games. You've got Tormenta at five points through five games. Um, North Texas at four points. Richmond at four. Orlando at three. FC Tucson at three. Fort Lauderdale at three. Forward Madison and New England Revolution, both with only a single point so far on the year. Not uh, not what I expected for Forward Madison. I know their fans are disappointed there. Uh, it's still early. They've played three matches. They, there's a lot of time. Um, well, not a, not a ton, a ton of time, but there's enough time for them to to climb back up. But I think uh, I think you're starting to see some some separation here with Greenville and Omaha, particularly. Uh, as maybe the cream of the crop this season. So I think Greenville's in a good position right now, and uh, you always love to see that. And hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, if we can get a result here on Saturday, that would go a long way to um, cementing Greenville's place um, firmly into the championship match, uh, at least for the time being. Now, I wanted to talk uh, about a couple of observations I've had through the first couple of weeks. The first thing that I have noticed that the Triumph have been doing a little differently this year than they did last year is that early on in matches in particular, they are pushing the back line very, very high up the field. You're seeing uh, Evan Lee and Brandon Fricky oftentimes at the, at the midfield circle, and it has been a little nervy at times to, to see other teams – have opportunities early in matches and to to get behind our guys or have opportunities to create really good chances. Um, you've also seen teams press us very heavily. Um, I know Tormenta did that. Richmond did that. Madison did it a little bit. Um, and they are trying to frustrate Greenville. And it's working a little bit. But what I've also noticed is that Greenville will kind of sit there and try to absorb that high pressing pressure for 25 to 30 minutes. And if they can kind of get through that phase and not give up a goal, they seem to start to figure it out and, and be able to stop that high press a little bit and be able to create chances of their own. We're not scoring a ton of early goals this year. Um, I mean, the earliest goal was uh, Keegan's first one, the own goal, the original own goal that got overturned in the Richmond match. Uh, that was in the 21st minute, but then everything else is happening either right before halftime or later. So these are, this is not a team that's scoring quickly. And I think part of that is another observation I've had is that Greenville's doing a great job of getting the ball up the wings and getting it really high advance on the field but then can't seem to get it centrally into create good scoring chances, great scoring chances there in the middle. I think uh, some of the teams we played have, have have really good defensive center backs. They have really good defensive midfielders. I don't know that everybody we play is going to be that way, but so far it has been hard for Greenville to create those kinds of chances. They're also not really building through the middle a ton. They do seem to be building down the wings a lot. And that's something that we saw Coach Hurts do a lot last year as well. I would love to see them, especially with a guy like Aaron Walker, um, who's been really strong so far this year. And I think Noah Pilato has this capability too to drive the action forward through the middle of the pitch. A guy that has, um, in my opinion, struggled a little bit coming off a very strong finish to last year has been Carlos Gomez. He's playing that number 10 role most of the time. And he needs to be the one – 
setting up great chances or creating good chances for himself. And he's just kind of been a little bit invisible so far this year. So I'm looking for Carlos Gomez over the next couple of weeks to see how he can improve, how he can trend forward, or maybe to see if Coach Harks tries something else and, and shakes up the starting lineup a little bit. Maybe maybe he tries to bring Carlos off the bench um, and see if that'll help him. Because I think there's some potential here. I think we have some good offensive weapons, and I would like to see – uh, how we can just shake things up or maybe even move a guy like Alex Morrell centrally. He's so good out on the wing that I don't know that that makes a lot of sense. And obviously I'm not seeing these guys in practice. I don't know what they're trying out or not, but you know, Alex is a guy who is, he's running like a little road runner all over the pitch. And uh, I think it might be interesting to try to see him push more centrally, maybe push Carlos out wide um, and what that might do to this offense going forward. So we're going to take a quick break here um, and hear from our sponsor, and then we'll come back and talk protocols and get into the match against Chattanooga this weekend. Welcome back to episode 63 of Yeah, That Soccer Show. We are getting ready to preview Saturday's matchup against the Chattanooga Red Wolves as they come to Legacy Early College But before we can do that, the biggest news about Saturday is that for the first time in the 2020 season, fans are going to be allowed in the stadium to watch the Triumph play in person. But with that, the team has put into place some mandatory protocols that are meant to keep the fans, the players, the staff all safe and protected. And honestly, they are things that you need to, need to, need to consider doing and consider doing to your best ability because here's the deal. If we don't abide by these rules and we don't live into the protocols that have been put into place, we will not be able to go to matches later this season. So if you want, I think the plan is for this match to be kind of the first of the rest of the season and, and have fans be allowed to come into the stands for the rest of the season. So if you would like to be able to come, to the rest of the matches this year, including a potential championship game in Greenville. Yes, that has the potential to happen. If the season were to end right now, we would be hosting the USL League One Championship. And let me just tell you, if we host the USL League One Championship match and fans cannot come in because no one behaved like they were supposed to, I am going to be so hot. <laughs> we have to, have to, have to live by the protocols put into place. So what are those protocols? Well, the Triumph have said they can have up to 2,000 fans in the stadium, but that's all dependent on the way that the algorithms work. Um, Basically, there's algorithms set up with the ticketing software where it's going to keep people, uh, you know, the six feet apart in terms of social distancing, but you know you're going to be able to sit with your family if if your family of 4 decides to come then that's a block of 4 together so then there's not going to be anybody within 6 feet of that block of 4 so that's going to affect the number of people that can come depending on the the machinations of who buys tickets now i don't imagine this is going to be a major major issue the triumph averaged around 2000 fans last season um i think one it's going to be hard for them to sell out all these matches just because to be honest, there's a lot of folks, and I know of some die-hard Greenville Triumph fans that just will not come 
because of the situation we're in, right? Like I happen to be in a situation with a family member that is immunocompromised at the moment. And so, you know, if I am able to come, I am going to be extra cautious. Um, I am probably not going to talk to people. I'm probably going to have my, you know, going to have my mask on the whole time, regardless. That was my plan, whether that was mandated or not. And uh, we'll probably just try to stick to myself as much as possible because the reality of it is this virus is something that is very real and people are, are getting very sick. And so it's great to be able to have the opportunity to go watch the triumph in person. And it's great to have the opportunity to go and see uh, the, the friends that we have around this team and the community that has been built around this team. But at the same time, you know, I think, I think it's a thing we all have to be careful with. And, and that's why I've, I've loved what the Reedy River Riot have done. Yes, they are going to have a presence there on Saturday, but they are also continuing to do their Zoom watch-along party, which if you've not been a part of that and you're a member of the Riot, you should definitely check that out. I, I did it for a half uh, in the Madison game, but what I found out is as someone who is watching matches to try and break them down and uh, and give you the best information possible. I found it hard for me to pay as much attention to the match as I wanted to, just because I was having such a great time in the chat and uh, and watching everybody else. So that's that's one way you can be involved. The other thing that we haven't talked about yet, but that is super cool, is that the Triumph have struck a deal with the local CW station, CW sixty two, part of WSPA's umbrella, and the match on Saturday against against the Red Wolves is going to be broadcast over the air for local households. And so if you are going to stay home, even if you have that ESPN plus uh, subscription, I would encourage you to watch this match on the CW one. I think you're probably going to get it uh, in more real time than you do when you're streaming through ESPN plus, but two, I think this is, this is just a complete, a complete conjecture and guess on my part, but I imagine this is a little bit of a trial umbrella um, that if this goes well, and if they get some good ratings for this, I don't know what their normal Saturday evening programming is on the CW ch- channel, but I can't imagine that it is any anywhere near the weight potentially of local live sports. I think if this goes well, um, they might be interested in broadcasting more matches in the future, perhaps even this season. And look, yes, ESPN Plus is amazing, and I think it's worth it even if... Uh, I have access to the Triumph Games otherwise, but being able to get the Triumph Games without a subscription opens the fan base to a whole new demographic of people that might not otherwise watch this game. Look, there are people who like soccer who don't want to pay for ESPN+. Plus. That's a reality. And so uh, I I think this is a great thing. And I would just encourage all of you, if you're watching from home, have it tuned in to CW Get the ratings up for that because I think if we can get something like this going for the rest of the season and potentially even into the future, it's huge for this team and it's huge for the community that will grow around the team and the fan base. So definitely check that out. So let's go look into the protocols in in specificity here besides the uh, social distanced tickets. And again, look, the ticketing system is allocating seats for a reason. When you get your seat on your ticket, just because your friends are sitting somewhere else, don't go congregate there. Riot, I know, it's it's a big deal. People want to sit in the supporter section. You want to cram in there. Guess what? 
That's not going to happen um, for these matches, and it can't happen. So whenever you get your ticket, sit where you're supposed to sit. That's all I can tell you. Uh, here's a couple of other things that are going to be going down for the Triumph if you're planning to go to the match. Uh, masks are going to be required for all attendees at all times unless you are actively eating and drinking at your seats. So unless you're literally putting food or drink in your mouth in that moment, keep your mask on. Here's the other thing I will say. This is a huge deal to me because as folks have begun to notice league, other League One teams that have been letting fans in the stands, there's been a lot of criticism of you watch the stream and, man, there's a lot of people who aren't socially distancing and don't have masks on. It would be such a cool thing for Greenville. I think Greenville has been applauded by a lot of people because of this mask mandate at all times in the stadium. It'd be really cool if next week what we're hearing from a lot of the national folks is, hey, you know what? I tuned in for the Triumph match, and not only were people – socially distancing really well, but they were also wearing their masks and they are trying, they are doing it the way it needs to be done everywhere. Let's set the example. Let's do it the way we should be doing it. There are also going to be temperature checks at entry. Look, here's the thing. I know you love this team. I know you want to come see them, but if you are not feeling well and you think there is any chance that you have coronavirus, a cold a flu, something that you could give to someone else, don't come. Just don't. Just don't come. Do not risk it, okay? Don't risk other people around you. That's incredibly selfish. Um, Just don't do it. Just don't do it. If you're coming, there is a no-bag policy for the season. Um, No clear bags, no solid bags. The only bags that are allowed are if you have to have a, a bag for medical issues or a diaper bag. Um, and again, you know, if you got, I got, I've got a a daughter, I know how sometimes you got to have a diaper bag, but I would say, even if you're bringing a diaper bag, um, make sure that thing is clean, bring as small of, of a bag as you can, because it's not going to be, uh, we want to, we want to do our part to reduce the risk here. Touchless payment options for parking and ticketing. If you can at all do that and pay with credit cards, I would encourage you to do that because, uh, again, That's just another way to reduce the risk of the spread. There will be cashless purchases. Um, Also, will be strongly encouraged at all point of sale places within the stadium. That's for uh, merchandise. That's for food. Again, just if you can pay with a card, pay with a card. Get your points. Get your credit card points. It's awesome. Um, Additional hand-washing stations and hand sanitizer stations will be located throughout the stadium concourse. Take advantage of these. Sanitize your hands until they dry out completely. That is the way to go, folks. Just keep that sanitizer flowing. You know how hot of a commodity hand sanitizer is right now. Let's use it. Let's just put, this is free. You don't even have to buy it. It's free. Use it, use it, use it. Safe disinfecting of seating, restrooms, and high-touch areas before, during, and after the match. Again, uh, that's always good. Tailgating and supporters' marches will be prohibited. Please, please, please honor this request. Um, I know tailgating is a big part of it. It's a ton of fun. The riot loves getting out there in the riot lot. They love marching. They love the smoke. It's all part of the pomp and circumstance, but this is a season we're not going to be able to do that, and that's okay, and that's okay. We can we can get through it without, without having it this year. And then no post-match autograph sessions or direct contacts with members of the Triumph playing 
playing or coaching staff will occur this year. Again, I think this is common sense. I think you can understand why this is happening. Um, just, it's a small sacrifice um, for one season to get us to hopefully a place where next year we can go back to the way things were and go back to an even bigger and better version of it. So um, let's try to do our part, uh, especially on Saturday. Let's demonstrate to others around the league and others around the leagues around this country to show them, hey, this can be done. Fans can come and watch live sports and uh, live by a certain set of standards that have been put in place for them. So things to watch for this weekend in the match against the Red Wolves. Obviously, a home crowd is going to be – I think it's going to be an advantage for Greenville. I think it's going to play into um, their favor. A little bit of normalcy getting back into our lives, uh, getting to watch this team. I think that's a, it's so cool, man. Just think about where we were months ago where everything was shut down and things are slowly opening up. And regardless of how you feel about that, the fact that we are to a place where um, this staff and this league and this state and city feel like we can safely do this um, is awesome. It's awesome to, to be able to get back into that. Another thing to watch for, the Triumph will have been on 10 days rest. Um, they played their last match last Wednesday, August the 5th, played at home. So they haven't been away since that Friday night, July 30th match against Forward Madison. The Red Wolves, on the other hand, have been very busy. They played last weekend on the road in Texas, a 2-2 draw versus North Texas SC. They are playing Wednesday night, at home versus the number two team, Union Omaha, and then traveling to Greenville to take on the number one team in the Triumph. So I think having the rest is going to be good. I mean, it's always good, but it's going to be good for Greenville. They got four matches out of the way early in quick succession, and they're playing a team that is going to be a little bit uh, battered and a little bit tired. They will gonna they're going to have to have some rotation. Um, between Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. I can't imagine they've, they're they going to have the same guys running out there three matches in a row, all playing 90 minutes. It's just not going to happen. So be interesting to see who lines up on the pitch for the Red Wolves. Uh, a big story I'm going to be watching, two guys battling for the Golden Boot. Chattanooga's Greg Hurst is tied for the lead currently with four through three matches. And then, of course, Jake Keegan has three three goals through four matches these two guys are going to be going back and forth, I think, all season to try and figure out who's going to ultimately walk away with that trophy. So let's just hope uh, let's hope our guy Jake can get uh, one or maybe two in the back of the net on Saturday, and we can keep the Red Wolves off the scoreboard. Besides Greg Hurst, I think there's a couple guys you need to have your eye on on Saturday. Uh, Alex Mangles is their goalkeeper. He is a good goalkeeper in this league. He, I think he's a step down from the elite of the league, which I would say are Dallas and Pablo Yara from Tormenta. I think those are probably your two best keepers right now. Um, I think Alex is a step back from them, but he is very good. And he is probably going to have his work cut out for him. They have basically reset their entire back line. They do have one returning piece um, in follow, but... He did not play all year last year, so it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting an interesting look with the back line. I I haven't watched Chattanooga a ton through their first couple matches, so I don't know if 
it's a better lineup or a worse lineup uh, in terms of their defense defending. Um, but they are definitely, uh, they're definitely retooling a lot. And so they're going to rely a lot on Alex Mangles. Um, and they are going to rely a lot on their defensive midfielder, Yua Leafy, who is returning. He is very good. Um, a Brazilian, he's very frustrating at times for, for people. He's very, uh, he, he's, he's physical. He's a guy that's going to bog down the midfield. He is someone that I think is going to put a kink in the plan of trying to get the ball more centrally and create more of those centralized chances. Something that I said that Greenville really needs to work on. That's gonna. It's gonna be hard to get around Uelefi, but if you can, if you can frustrate him or get by him, I don't think the center backs are going to give you as much trouble. So we might be able to create some really good chances in there. But Uelefi is going to be a guy that is going to frustrate this team. So I think this match is very even. I think Chattanooga is a very, very good team this season. Um, they were a season. They were a team in the preseason. I really felt like could contend for a spot in the final when. It was supposed to be a playoff with six teams. I felt like they were a near lock to get into the playoffs. Um, with a final two, you know, it's really kind of a crapshoot for a lot of these good teams. So I originally thought this was going to be a draw, 1-1 draw, but then I started considering Greenville's coming off the 10-day rest. Chattanooga's getting ready to play their third match in seven days. Their, the matches they've played have been against really good teams, number five, number two, number one, um, respectively, in terms of the standings. The match is going to have fans. It won't be an empty stadium match. And I think all of those things are going to play into Greenville's hands. So right now I've got this as a 2-1 victory for the Triumph. But again, I wouldn't be shocked to see this as a draw or a frustrating match. Or, I mean, if we're honest... Like, this could be a match if Greenville's not on their game, it could turn into a loss. Because, look, if Greenville presses that defensive back line up really high early, Greg Hurst could make them pay and get a goal early. And if that happens, again, Greenville's goals have not come early in matches. They come at essentially at halftime or later. And this team, I don't like when they have to chase a game. And so I don't want to see that on Saturday there's a chance it could happen, and if they're chasing, I don't like their chances to walk away with the win. I, I worry about the the chance they could they could get beat in that circumstance. So, it could really go anyway. I've got it as a two one victory right now, but again, wouldn't be shocked with any result here because Chattanooga is a very good team. So we are going to uh, get out of here on that note. Hopefully, if I'm there on Saturday, hopefully I see a couple of you at a socially distant wave. Um, and make sure you go check out gvlsoccer.com for a preview. Also, just want to shout out, um, if you are not following Soccer Down here at all, I go on every week with uh, John Nelson to do a Triumph Weekly. Every other week, it's just me. And then the opposite week, it's me and uh, Marion Cole from the team and normally a player. So I think this week leading up to the match, it'll probably drop Friday or early Saturday morning. There'll be another another Greenville Triumph Weekly with myself, Marion, and a player. So make sure you check that out on the Soccer Down Here feed. I normally try to retweet it from my Twitter, GVL Soccer Guy. Um, and if I remember to do it from the podcast account, at YTSS Podcast, I do that as well. So, hey, thanks for checking us out this week. And we will be back with you next week to recap this match and look forward 
to the next one. Thanks again.